Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Now, look, on the 9th of August 2016, a 25-year-old man called Hugh Richard Louis Grosvenor became the billionaire seventh Duke of Westminster. And this is when his father, Gerald Grosvenor, suddenly died of a heart attack aged 64. Now, the Duke and his family are estimated to be worth at least 10 billion. And, and that's, I think, it's an underestimation. And that's according to the Sunday Times Rich List of 2019. The exact amount of the uh, wealth is, is very difficult to estimate since most of it is held in property trusts. And, you know, it, it's there are just thousands of properties, uh, thousands of freeholds and, and this sort of thing. It's, it's so difficult to, to estimate and because each freehold will be valued differently according to how much time there was left on the lease. And I don't think anybody really knows all this apart from, you know, the, the family themselves in, in detail. Now, the current... Duke is the world's richest man under 30. He's 29 now. Now, other families have appeared higher on the Sunday Times list. So you don't always see them at the top. But, you know, property held privately in companies and trusts and that is, is I think is undervalued compared to, say, the shares of a company on the stock market. You know, like um, Elon Musk's wealth in, in Tesla has suddenly gone into multi-billions this year alone. It's gone up hundreds of percent in, in one year. But next year... You know, it, it could be down again. Uh, so and whereas, you know, property tends to be more stable and, you know, very few people, if you look back at past lists over, say, 20 years, you know, very few people and families have stayed on that list for as long as, as the Duke of Westminster. So they may not be technically on paper the richest family, but I, I think they are probably the richest family, if you look at the, the, the value of their wealth and the long-term prospects of their wealth. So how have this, I'd say extraordinary family uh, maintain their vast wealth, you know, passing down and cascading down through the ge generations uh, for 300 years. You know, as the Chinese say, most family fortunes disappear after only three generations. You know, the first generation make it, the second generation, you know, use it, and then and the third generation blow it. Uh, you know, that being the, the, the grandchildren as it, as it passes down. Okay, so I think there are three main reasons, and you may have other reasons for this. But the first reason is obviously very smart tax planning. You know, if the Grosvenor estate had just been bequeathed uh, to, to the son, and just well, here's the, here's the property, you you take it, then the Duke then would have been liable for forty percent inheritance tax. Uh, you know. Which amounts to not her off what the Treasury makes in tax inheritance tax returns for the whole year, because you know ten billion, forty percent, that's four billion in tax, um, and and that would usually involve selling off you know hundreds of assets in order just to pay the tax, uh, which which would you know probably within a few generations just literally wipe out the fortune. This has happened to many families. Now Hugh Grosvenor, like his father, legally avoided massive amounts of tax on that ten billion and in, in inheritance tax because the majority of the assets are held in trusts. Now, UK trust law 
uh, ensures the survival of many of the, the, the country's largest fortunes, while less wealthy people and increasingly the middle classes are forced to sell off the family home to pay for IHT demands. And one of the reasons is that if you're in your, if, if you're, all your wealth is tied up in one house, which happens to be worth, you know, a million because you bought it in 1964, it might be worth two million. Uh, you know, you, you bought a house in 1960s in, in Muswell Hill and it's now worth two and a half million. Or, you know, you bought a place for half a million in, in Notting Hill. Remember like that, that newsreader that became worth 16 million. And, and because that is your main asset, you, you can't just say, well, I'm going to give this away to my children in a, in a trust or I'm going to gift it to them or put it in trust, but I'm going to live in it. Uh, that, 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 that becomes a gift with reservation. Uh, whereas if you had a hundred houses, you could easily do that because you, you, you know, your residential home, which, you know, is, is still there and you can give away parts of it or you can put it in trust or gift it or whatever because you, you your, your money is not tied up in, in one place. So a lot of the, the, the people who are not exactly wealthy end up paying inheritance tax, whereas, you know, Hugh Grosvenor uh, legally avoided. That's not to say they don't pay any tax. This is not true. There are taxes paid on trusts. And I think there was a story of a, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the 80s where they just settled the inheritance tax bill for the grandfather, uh, grandfather's estate of the, of the previous um, uh, Duke. So, so these things have been going on for years. They do pay tax. They employ thousands of people. That their taxes paid in the UK. They're not on some offshore trust. Uh, you know, they pay they pay you know, hundreds of millions and billions over the years in in taxes. So they're not, you know, uh, living on an island like Branson say and not paying any tax. Now the Grosvenor Estate includes privately owned property business worth about eleven billion uh, of prime property under management. Uh, the, 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 the jewel in the crown really would be the 300-year-old London property business started in, wait for it, 1677. That's a few years after the Great Fire of London, 1666. 1677, when, when London was mostly in the city, you know, you think of the Great Fire of London, the Samuel Pepys and that sort of thing. It was mostly around the city. And, uh, you know, if you went a little bit out, like you went into Hackney, London Fields, it was Fields. And... This business started with 500 acres of, of then, which will be largely rural land, you know, fields and that sort of thing, covering much of Mayfair. And Mayfair is, is, you know, one of the most exclusive places in London and almost all of Belgravia, which is, you know, adjacent to Buckingham Palace, Knightsbridge, you know, parts of Victoria, um, you know, where you've got roads called Grosvenor um, and and home to places like Harrods in, in, in exclusive Knightsbridge, one of the, the poshest areas to live in, in the whole of the country. And Grosvenor's international property portfolio, because they, they've got property all over the world, but it includes places like office space in Silicon Valley, a science park in Edinburgh, freehold on the current US embassy in Grosvenor Square, just off Oxford Street. Uh, and perhaps uh, the most famous and exclusive streets in the empire is, is the Eaton Square. Uh, you, you may know, if you go there, the huge houses, now a lot of them are split into flats, but huge properties, massive you know, fine looking properties just off uh, just off Knightsbridge, built close to the Houses of Parliament during the housing boom of when? After the Napoleonic Wars. This is how far this family go back. Now, there was a recent listing on Rightmove, I remember, um, and it, it said flat for sale, Eaton Square. And I think it was around five or six hundred thousand pounds. I thought, wow, what a bargain. You know, you meet the Eaton Square. So you jump into it. You know, alas, um, you know, as I looked closer, I discovered it wasn't such a bargain because I think it only had around 
four or five years remaining on the lease. So it was working out just to live there. You just pay a hundred and something thousand a year just to live there. And then it goes back then. Uh, now, the key to holding, um, and, and, and I guess the, the, the second reason for, the, for um, uh, their wealth and holding it together is the use of leases and, and leasehold pre- property. Um, they, they very rarely sell freeholds. They always sell properties on leaseholds. So if you buy a property in, in Knightsbridge or in, in, in Belgravia, usually you're buying a lease. It might be 10 years. It might be 50 years. It might be 100 years, but it's a lease. You never own the freehold. You never own the land. And we've talked about this before. And eventually that comes back to, to him. Now, it might not go back to Gerald. He could be long dead before some of the leases come back, but it will come back to his son or his grandchildren. This is how they 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 think. So they they very rarely give away the freeholds, and this is why after three hundred years that their, their wealth is is now uh, uh, you know ten billion or more, uh, and and we don't know how much more. I I think we could be worth maybe double that. Now the final factor in keeping their wealth together, and perhaps perhaps the most important here is that the family take the long-term view. And, and a lot of successful and wealthy people do this. They take a long-term view. They employ long-term planning, or as they call it in America, longitudinal thinking. You know, they 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 don't just think in the next few years or the next month as, as, as poor people think, where am I going to get the next week's pay from? You know, they, they just think in a week or a month. Other people might think till next year. They might have a yearly goal. These guys are thinking many years ahead. And whilst most people would say, well, I'll leave a legacy for my children or my grandchildren, the Groveners and other super wealthy families like the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers and these sorts of people, they think several generations ahead and have a, a wealth preservation strategy. They're thinking about preserving their wealth, not just making it. They're preserving it. Now, the previous Duke, I remember reading about the previous Duke, uh, Gerald Grosvenor, um, or Gerald Cavendish Grosvenor, such a posh name. Um, he saw himself as not as the owner of this this empire. He saw themselves saw himself as the custodian of the family fortune. He was just merely there for a time, and then it was passed on. And in fact, he struggled with the burden of this and uh, keeping it all together and being the custodian. He had a he, he had a great responsibility, which even led to him being depressed. And you think, well, how can the richest man in the country be depressed? But you know, they have problems as well. And it was one of these things that you know, weighed heavily on him, actually, this this keeping it all together. He, this is not the sort of family that get the money and then spend it all and blow it all. You know, you don't see them in the gossip columns that much. You don't see them out buying stupid things as as somebody who just come into a lot of money would go, just go out and buy, you know, super yachts and maybe a yacht here and a yacht there and, and that sort of thing. I'm sure they've got these things, but they don't flash it around. You know, this is old money, not new money, if you know what I mean. They're not nouveau riche. And, you know, Obviously, the fact, you know, I haven't mentioned this, but obviously the fact that the family's fortune is largely made up of investment property, um, you know, some from you know, some residential, but also some of the biggest farms in the UK uh, and, and offices and that sort of thing. That's obviously a major factor, you know, when you compare it to a family business, which could go out of fashion. You know, if you if you were, you know, if you look at most of the companies on the, the Dow Jones index from the last hundred years, most of them are gone probably most of the FTSE companies on, on, on the list from 100 years ago have gone. You know, the East India Trading Company and the, these sorts of company, you know, a lot, a lot of them are not there or they've changed beyond all recognition or the family no longer own 
the shares. I think Ford's in America. I don't think even a, a Ford is on the, the main board now. The family have obviously got money. But, um, you know, however, uh, you know, that's not the only reason. I mean, thousands of property businesses have gone by the wayside. And, and if you look around the UK, it's literally littered with huge estates, you know, Blenheim Palace and, and all these estates you can go to, which are now owned by the National Trust. If you don't know who the National Trust are, look them up. And, and why is that? Because the once wealthy aristocratic families could no longer afford to maintain these larger estates. When these larger estates, when the family had money, you know, these larger estates may have employed 50 or 100 people. Uh, and, and now, you know, they can't afford to even heat the homes. Some, some of these aristocrats, they have to open up their homes to the public to come and look around and they have to, you know, dance in front of the public. Oh, hello, I'm the, the current Duke of and look around my house you know, just to just to maintain these properties. They're almost asset rich and cash poor. In fact, I know a family not far from me that, you know, their 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 family line lineage goes back to the Armada. And, you know, they, they've got a huge estate uh, here and uh, vast tracts of land. But most of it is kind of unusual, un unusable because it's not no longer a working farm. And uh, most of it's just lovely fields and that sort of it needs to be maintained. They've still got a beautiful uh, home, a stately home. But, you know, unless they can turn this property into, say, houses or something, then they are asset rich and, and cash poor. I'm not saying they're short of a few, Bob. You know, they're not coming around asking to, to lend me a fiver. But, you know, they don't they're not as wealthy as, as they look. And and now with with changing planning laws, th these families might be able to cash in on land by turning them into housing estates through the local plan uh, in the southeast. And, and that's exactly what's happening. Places which which are just farmlands and fields on the green belt even are now being put forward as housing developments, um, you know, because a housing development when it's miles away from your house is not a problem for him, you know. So th th these things are all happening. And and this is uh, part of the long, long-term thinking of, of these types of families and and, and really the, the people in, in the, at this level. Uh, ordinary people don't think that long-term ahead. So the three factors that, which have kept the, the fortune of the Groner family, the Duke of Westminster's intact are... One, the use of uh, trusts. Two is, is, is tax planning. And three is long-term planning, long-term thinking. So, so there you go. That's that's the story of the Duke of Westminster. I hope you found that interesting. I've actually did, did write about him, I think, in my book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. And I've certainly written about that family in my new book to come out. So have a look at that. Check that out on, on Amazon. And I'll speak to you again soon. Have a great evening. Have a great day wherever you are. Uh, and, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 